Hi, this is Norm Augustinus. I'm sorry I missed your call. After tone, leave your name and number. I'll get back to you. I just want some dick. End of messages. He wishes he could have killed his grandmother. His mother says everything he touches turns to shit. He's been to jail, spent 24 hours in a mental institution, and unsuccessfully tried to kill himself three times. And now, live via the internet, apps are fucking loot free. Norm Augustinus. <clears throat> Please understand, before I begin, before I do whatever it is that I do, <coughs> please understand that without question, you're right now under the influence of a pussy fart. <coughs> now, that's not a joke. This is scientific. This is studies on this. This is no shit. I've talked about this. Right now, somewhere, wherever you are, whatever shithole, whatever hovel you live in, Whatever burned-out community that you live in, where everybody you knew is gone now, and every motherfucker from every other country is now living next to you, making you bend to them, to their culture, and dump yours. Understand that you are under the heavy influence of pussy gas. That's when, a, when gas comes out of a pussy, comes out of a vagina. It's been in there. This whore has been fucking all night long. For a fortnight, maybe. Just fucking all night long. She lynched the pussy fart out. She's finally come out. She's woken up at 1130. She's out by noon for her Starbucks coffee. And you're standing near her, fuck stick. And what do you get? <laughs> And you're blown in, you're blown apart by the pussy fart. It can actually alter your DNA. And that's no lie. Certain gases can alter a DNA. And that's you. You're under the influence of some whore's hedonism in America. She's just blown a pussy fart out. You're standing there. You inhale it. She smiles at you and leaves. They're immune to it. And you notice that as you start to walk, as you go forward, you kind of stumble for a second. You don't know why. You actually stop and look back and look into the sidewalk to see what it is that caused you to stumble and there's nothing there and you just dismiss it. It was a pussy fart, point blank, ground zero. Some slut who took the dick all night. Six Chicanos, six Mexicans, six Chaldeans, six African Americans, maybe even more at one time, just laying pipe. Big fucking train of pipe. And then you're walking away left with the residual results, the dilemma, the mindset, the destruction that she's caused you. She's off to find another dick. And you're walking, limping away like the little boy you are, the six-year-old you are who is forced to pretend like you're an adult in this world. That's what I do. I don't think I've changed one fucking bit. I believe that I'm 12 years old. When I look in the fucking mirror, I don't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't accept it. How am I supposed to act at these different ages? Walking away, and you don't for a second maybe even know what you were going to do. And there goes that slut. Motor hips, 
her fucking will never stop till she's 70, 80 years old because this is legal tender to a female. This is the barter and exchange system that women have done. She'll take a dick till she's 80 years old if it'll get her five cents. She'll take a dick till she's 80 years old if it'll get her car payment paid. If she'll get a fucking free dinner at the Red Lobster. Is it crab night? Is it seafood fest night? I'm in. Who do I gotta suck? Who do I gotta fuck? But we fucking don't do anything like that. Why? Because we got ethics. We got morals. We got whatever you have. We have it. Every day walking around and you're slightly stunted breathing in this gas that controls every male motherfucker on this planet. Then you get buried, you think you found a nice plot, you think, wow, I think I'll buy a plot now. I'm 30 years old. By the time I buy a plot, if I die in 60s, 70s, that fucking plot's going to cost me 17 grand, but I can get it now for a thousand. I think I'll buy it now. It was a good, prudent move, a savvy business move, wasn't it? Except it wasn't. Because by the time you die, all the fucking women that are around you now in that cemetery that you didn't know were going to be buried now, buried there, they're all buried around you. And all that sin, all their juices, all their muck and mire of what they were is now melting like fucking a popsicle on a fucking sitting on a, on a patio somewhere in the summer on the concrete. It's melting and it's going down into you. They were to take out your ingredient. You know, they, everybody that's buried sitting in half a thing of liquid. If they were to dig you up and analyze the liquid that you're laying in halfway through your casket, half full of fucking liquid, it's pussy juices, it's vaginal juices, it's female DNA. You're never going to get the fuck away from it. You're dead and being drowned in whatever a bitch is consisting of and whatever she is. You're dead lying in her. All the bitches around you. I finally got freedom, man. God damn, man, I'm finally fucking free. I can get the fuck out of here. The bitches, the control, the he's, she's, the pronouns of the fucking, uh, I find men with their dicks tucked behind them in their fucking crack of their ass like a stinky fucking shit cannoli. I'm finally free, man. You ain't free. All the bitches are melting around you, just like the popsicle analogy I gave you a second ago in the cemetery. Man, how do I get out of this? You don't. You don't get out of it unless the world drastically changed and eventually you're allowed to be given some kind of fucking automatic weapon and you can go at it. Now you're free. Now you can be laughing as you're shooting. I never understood it. How come people could be laughing as they're shooting nonstop an automatic gun, an automatic rifle? How? I know how the fuck they can be shooting nonstop. For 30 fucking years, 40 years, 50 years, all they breathed in was pussy gas. The horror of all horrors, the gas of all gases, sits inside that box and just percolates, just ferments. All the dick, all the jism blown into that fuckhole. And then one day her cunt lips just give it up. They can't extract nothing more from it. There ain't no live semen in it. Those pussy lips open up. And what happens in whatever environment you're in? She's laughing and shit. She's right next to you. Oh, yeah. You know, counts payable, counts receivable. Unbelievable. Counts payable. You know, we use a three-way matching process. That's the invoice. That's the packing slip. That's the purchase order. We use a three-way matching. Hang on a second, will you, Helen? <laughs> Pfft. <laughs>
That's her pussy fart. Maybe a little chuckle. <laughs> and then she goes on about the three-way matching system. You know, I had three variances this week alone of over $75, all kinds of mistakes. And all the fucking guys around her were starting to think for a minute. We're starting to come back. We're starting to be what they were intended to be. The originality, the ideas were all rolling. But now they've just inhaled fucking three teaspoons of her pussy gas and they can't think no more. They're bent back into conformity and that's what a pussy fart will do. Just a quick FYI there. Please be aware of it. You know when men were the healthiest? They don't know why. As they were wearing masks during the pandemic. Now, initially, the masks were crap or lousy, thin shit. But they got more and more sophisticated, thicker and thicker. Some of them look like fucking something you'd use if you were in Nassau. And those things would actually filter a pussy fart. And that's at that time when I wore them, that's the best time I ever felt. The absolute best time. If the bitch doesn't seem like she likes you, if you're standing next to her in some situation, when she lets that pussy fart go, you will become this different person and then she'll like you. Now the control is on. Now it's on. I don't really like that guy. Hang on a second, will you? I think I can force on a residual three tablespoon pussy fart that I have deep inside my fuck hole. It's near the cervix area. It's an actual bubble. I fucked three people, and one guy was Toby, the other guy was Kunta Kante, their dick was 17 inches long, hang on a second, I can force it out, I didn't do any Kegel exercises. And you're definitely, you're gone. You can't fucking think. I can't tell you how many times I've been in cars with bitches and I wanted to do something until she let the pussy fart go because she was fucking the guy that lives next door to her, fucking the guy in the apartment across from her, fucking the guy that's just below her in her condominium and you thought you weren't exclusive with her and she blows it out and pretty soon you say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Now let's go there. That's what dementia is caused by. Don't let them bullshit you about fucking frying pans and aluminum and all kinds of other stuff that you were eating or doing. They have one now, theory, picking your nose. Bacteria and stuff like that going into the brain. If that was true, every bitch you see would have dementia. And why would she have dementia? Because a bitch is fixated on putting something in a hole. Who's a bigger nose picker than a female in, in private? Of course they are friend of mine owns an apartment complex, he told me, one of the hardest things they have to do is if they have a female and they've rented an apartment, he says when they go in there, there is literally thousands of boogers in the carpet, on the walls, on the moldings, in the air filter, they're everywhere. Why? Because a chick can't keep her finger out of her nose. It's the closest thing to getting dicked. It's the closest thing to taking the dick. A dick is about 14 inches going into a hole. Same thing with a finger. I mean, look at the finger. Proportionally, it's kind of accurate. She's got her index finger, her middle finger, and her fucking nose hole. The nose hole's smaller. It's just like a dick going into her cunt. Now, shouldn't a woman have dementia more than anybody on this fucking planet if the nose-picking theory is true about dementia? She should be fucking completely gone. Yeah, another one's gone. Couldn't keep her nose out of her fucking nose. Couldn't keep her finger out of her nose. And she was playing with her cunt with the same finger before it went in her fucking nose. They're vile, man. They're vicious. They're dangerous. 
Don't be fooled by the fucking mirage, the image you see when you see a female when you're standing by one. Understand what's standing by you. Now, I want to move on to the main feature, the topic of this recording today. But I just want you to understand that. What pussy farts can do. Understand what's standing next to you when you're at a Starbucks, if you even go to one as a man. Whenever I had a chance, I went to fucking McDonald's for a $1 coffee. And the funny thing is, the $1 coffee attracts the skags you think it would. All kinds of ugly fucking skags will go to McDonald's for a dollar coffee. Now, bump it up to fucking 9 or $10 for a coffee at Starbucks. Completely different fucking audience. Completely different consumer. Let's see, do I want to go for a skag and get my cock sucked off in the back of the lot behind the fucking order place with a intercom where you make your order? Or do I want to go to Starbucks and meet a bitch there and have to take her out two times before she'll fucking suck me? She's the $15 buyer. Let me see, a fucking dollar, $15, head job, parking lot, fucking, uh, I, I'll go for the fucking dollar. The girl next to you is fucking spooky. Is beyond spooky, is beyond horrifying. She's smiling and shit, got perfume on. Look at her laughing there. Look at the kid, get, get her, man. She, she's waiting for you. How much you own your mortgage? I'll take it, she says. No problem. Get you right out of that fucking thing. I'll help you even. I'll pay half of four if I get to move in until they don't. Everything I say to you is the absolute truth, and I've had it happen to me. Now, I'm as optimistic as they come. I'm as filled with joy in the art of living as infused in every cell in my body. I look forward to every fucking day, thanks to my dope, thanks to my booze, thanks to my lifestyle, thanks to all the pussy I get on my terms. But I I think that I have a very positive attitude, and I show it every day. And in these recordings, too, one time a woman wrote me and said, I can't hear the smile in your voice. What the fuck are you talking about, scuzz? You've had three abortions. You've had three abortions by the time you're fucking 22 years old. I can fucking hit a smile. You can send a smile between your fucking legs. You've taken a lot of goddamn dick. Can't hear the smile in my voice. Can you hear the agony, the pain, the screaming in the kid's voice that you flushed on the toilet slot? Now, let me tell you something. Even though I say things like this, you would be amazed at the fucking email I get from bitches who want to ball me. And they do. They want to ball me because I've got 15.5 pounds of fucking meat in my pants. And it's the truth. I say this every other recording, every two recordings. friend of mine was a cocaine salesman. This fucker used to sell a coke. He'd walk right into any door because most of the cocaine he was selling to the person was on his shoulders. It looked like fucking dandruff. He'd throw some in his hair, too, to make it look real. Then he gave his consumer, his customer, a small mini vacuum. It ran on two AA batteries, and they'd vacuum up the coke off his shoulders. He'd walk in and out like it was nothing. Sold coke in broad daylight in every situation. I measured my cock on his fucking cocaine scale, and it came out to 15.5 pounds. When I saw that 15.5 pounds, it was like a film director zoomed in, extreme close-up on the 15.5, the numeral on the fucking scale. Just went like that, like a snap zoom from the fucking 50s or 60s or something like that that they called it. Look, just like that. 15.5 pound dick. I always add this. There was coke all over my balls and dick and his sister licked my balls and she licked my dick to get off the residual and he licked it too. I figured so long as he licked it first and then she licked it last that she negated him and that didn't make me fruity. But after she licked it, 
I became a man again. And I remember licking my balls and licking my dickhead, and she said, this is some good coke on Norm's cock. Norm's cock and coke good go good together, like fucking peanut butter and chocolate, like a Reese's peanut butter cup. It goes good together, and I look down watching that. I'm actually starting to pop a rod, and I'm concerned because it may distract me from the direction of this recording. I'm starting to pop a rod now, thinking of that scenario. Please don't go popping a rod. This is a man show. This isn't something fucking fruity. Nothing like that. Please don't pop a, pop a rod now, as I'm talking about popping a rod. So let's talk about something. I want to move on. I have an Argo Frontier. It's a six-wheel drive all-terrain vehicle. It's the most beautiful thing you ever saw. They don't make them anymore. They're ancient. Six-wheel drive fiberglass body that you can lift right off the top of it. It's got two bench seats out of fiberglass, two handles that you pull forward. You push them both forward, pull them both back, move the left one up or the right one down to turn and things like that and stop. It's uh, just a beautiful piece of equipment. And I fixed it. I repaired it because it did not work. It is an 18-horsepower engine. It's got a big centrifugal clutch. It's got a big fucking fan belt under there, a big belt with actual rubber teeth on it. This thing's amazing. And I like to take it out in the woods all the time because I've been looking for fucking buried treasure up here, up in northern Michigan where I live, upper northern Michigan, where I live on 100 acres. If you're a bitch, by the way, if you want to try to find me, you're welcome to try to find me. But as I often or infrequently say, I don't want no fat whore showing up on my doorstep. I don't want no fucking minority showing up on my doorstep. I can't help you. I can't help you with your finances. I don't care about the three kids you got. I don't care about your health woes. I don't want no fat whore with a large jumbo ass that they've somehow mainstreamed into fucking popularity. I don't want no pig like that showing up on my door. You show up on my door, I might put one right between your fucking ugly eyes, your cross-eyed eyes, the eyes of a woman. You don't ever want to think about too long. I mean, think about the eyes of a woman knocking on my fucking door. I look into those eyes. You know how much dick those eyes have seen? It's a sin. It's, it's really a travesty. The Lord made this perfect fucking machine, this perfect body, this biological carbon-based unit. He made this thing in perfection in his eyes to resemble him and what he is. She shows up on your fucking door, and those eyes have seen one cock after another since she was 14 years old. Wide cocks, long cocks, thick cocks, short cocks. Fucking mangled cocks, inverted cocks, cocks with one ball, and all this shit stored in that mind. It's really creepy. When you're trying to fucking talk to your HR lady or trying to get a fucking job, always understand that. That bitch is a thousand times the pie power more fucked up than you'll ever be. What's in her mind, man? Just the Dewey, the Dewey Dick system of fucking cocks in her mind that she catalogs, and there she has showing up on your doorstep. Look at that cock. Look at that cock exploding two, three, six feet in fucking height of cum, giant cum blast. And she's there looking at it like it's a bag of fucking money in a brown paper bag. There's the cum stream shooting into the air. She watches it locked on eyes like fucking tracer bullets onto some target. She watches it. Her mouth is open and she's smiling. And she wants that cum, that blast, to go into her face or her mouth. That's fucked up. I mean, that's mental. 
That is fucking screwy. You think about that when you're going out fucking getting yourself some chicken, your whole wheat or dark rye bread and some cheese and shit like that and a hostess fruit pie. Fucker, you are lucky. You're not to be pitied. You're not shouldn't be feeling sad. You shouldn't be feeling fucking down. You are lucky. Maybe you'll go get yourself some creamed herring in fucking white cream sauce. You're way better off. A nutcase that could want to watch you blast that coming to the air, and she wants that. Now, how the fuck does that become an HR person? How the fuck does she become something in a position of authority? How the fuck does she become anything that could make a decision anywhere? Whenever I see a chick and her mouth opens between words, I see fucking gobs of cum dripping out of her mouth like a horror story. Just big amounts of bubbling cum overflowing off her fucking bottom lip and down the sides of her mouth and down her fucking chin into her neck. That's what I see. Of course, it's not happening, but it has happened with her. But I see it like it is happening right in front of me, like I'm some, like I'm in the premature stages, the early stages of schizophrenia. I see that, and she has trouble talking and shit. How? I don't want no fat whore coming to my door, not ever. I don't want no minority chick. I don't want anything to do with minorities attract minorities. I don't want any minority bitch because I don't want her stream minority friends coming behind her, destroying everything that I think and the way I live and my lifestyle, my socialization that's happened to me. This is what I want if you're going to surprise me. You better be a three or size five with a nice little ass and fairly good tits and a long ponytail and light skin and freckles and orange fucking eyes and orange hair that isn't dyed to the root. Well, the roots are coughing because all the fucking dye. I want the real thing. You show up on my door and I'll slap you across the face four or five times. I'll turn you around and I'll bend you over the fucking hand carved wood horse I have on my porch out here. I'll bend you over that and I will bang you out. Real God. From the rear. From the asshole. The fucking fuckhole. The asshole. The fuckhole. The asshole. The fuckhole. I just won't stop. Now I like you. When we're done that night, you can stay over. We'll have Pop-Tarts and we'll drink booze and watch a movie and then I'll fuck you all night and fill your mouth up with my blow. My two-part epoxy. My white hope. And that's what cum is from a fucking Caucasian. It's white hope. Please let this fucking take. Please let this take and that kid come up one day and become some white hope. My dream. I don't want no fat whores at all. I don't like fat women. They're not going to get thin for you. It would cost you a fortune. A fat whore would require a special diet, and you're going to pay for that out of your fucking pocket to get her thin. What's the point? I want a thin woman. I don't want a fat cow. I don't want to be fucking something desirable one day and the next day like somebody threw some fuck at me in my bed that I'd never fuck in a million years who was the same person, only now she's just jig, big, fucking mountain of fat. Get the fuck out of here. I've literally held a snub-nosed revolver into the ribs of a fat bitch I once dated. She was thin and beautiful once. I pushed the fucking gun barrel into her goddamn ribs and I turned it and I said, I will blow your fucking liver apart. If you don't lose the goddamn weight. The weight. Uh, it sounds, sounds harsh. It sounds a bit over, maybe a bit successive. 
to say you'll blow her liver apart and you got a fucking snub nose revolver aimed in her ribs? I bought it in Detroit once. It was like 11 fucking dollars. I bought it from a, a black guy and it was a fucking pretty good deal. 11 bucks. I said, where'd you get it? I said, doesn't matter. But that shit always works. It's just one of my fucking hundred fucking weapons at this house. You probably wouldn't believe this, but I even have nunchucks or nunchucks. I don't have any fucking idea how to use them. But they're made out of oak, and they're 27 inches long, and there's a chain between them. A friend of mine made it for me, and I just fucking swing the oak thing into their head. I don't know all the fancy moves and all that shit. It's To me, it's just a fucking big piece of timber like Buford Pusser from Walking Tall in McNary County. Now just knock them the fuck out. You don't need skill for that. I also have literally dozens of Chinese throwing stars. I don't know how to do those either. I just hold them and throw them right the fuck between their eyes, and I sometimes hit, and I have hit. Whole wall over this house is destroyed from me practicing Chinese throwing stars and seeing if I can, in case somebody comes in. I've got the outline of a bitch there with giant tits, and I throw them all the time. The wood's all fucked up. When she comes to the door and she starts saying, you owe me, I want the law, restraining orders, police, fucking deputies, marshals, I want, I need, you said, that's when the star comes into fucking play. I, that's it. So, I've got my Argo Frontier. And the strangest fucking thing happened, the strangest events happened. I want to get back to this story. The Argo Frontier's got an 18-horsepower Briggs & Stratton. It's not a two-cycle, which requires you to add oil to the fucking gasoline. It's a four-cycle motor that has its own oil reservoir, its own fucking gasoline tank. You don't have to mix the gas. It does it, it does it for you in that way. It's kind of a better engine, I think, anyways. Less smoke and other shit like that. So, 18-horsepower engine. I got two bench seats. And I take the Argo Frontier out. Now, when I always take it out, I got my sandwich that looks like a fucking, it's like a foam sandwich. It looks like you're taking a bite out of a sandwich, but you'd have to be 10 or 15 feet away for it to look like a real sandwich. It has lettuce in it, it has meat in it, and there's a bite out of it. And in that bite is an actual nozzle that you unscrew a cap. You put the nozzle in your mouth and you can drink all the booze you want. Say you're at a football game or something like that. Say it's your fucking kid's basketball. Some bitch you met that's got a great tight pussy. She's got two kids from some African-American she banged out. And you had to go to the basketball game. You can pull the sandwich out and fuck yourself up real good. People think you're just a good father who's having a bite of a sandwich because he works 10 hours a day. But you're not. You're getting drunk because you can't stand what you're in. All you wanted to do was bang this clown up the ass. And now you're fucked and pushed in this situation. I got my foam sandwich. I got my fucking peppermint schnapps in my coffee. I got a shitload of weed I always take. I got a couple of pipes. I got a fucking hash pipe. I got a regular old pipe to use for pipe tobacco. I've got that. And I always take a Glock along with me. A lot of people don't think a Glock is a great gun. I happen to like the Glock. Mine's made out of plastic. I initially got it so you could get it through an airport and things like that. It's made out of plastic. It comes apart easy. Then I have another gun that's just this little square. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It just looks like a square thing, like a something you put on a coffee table, and you'd put a drink on it. It looks like that, like a... A coffee platform, what do they call that, uh, placemat or whatever it is, you put under a drink on your table so you don't leave, leave a ring on the table. And it looks just like that, except you can adjust it, pull things out, and it becomes a gun, 
a, a weapon and it shoots two bullets at the same time. I always carry that with me in case I get into a bind. I wouldn't hesitate one second because I'm out in the woods here. I mean, literally thousands of acres of woods where I live and you just don't know. When I go out in the Argo Frontier, I always got my cape on. A bitch made me this cape because she said I was like Superman to her. I don't know what happened to her. They eventually disappear when you don't keep showing interest. When they don't think they can get you, they will disappear on you, and you'll be left high and dry if they don't see that you keep pursuing them. She made me this cape. It's the greatest cape you ever saw. I always go out Margo Frontier. I put the cape on. I got no fucking clothes on. I got my dope. I got my booze. I got my weapons. I even have a tiny little, they call it a buffang. It's a ham radio. It's a two meter and 70 centimeter FM radio. And I can talk on it because I have a ham radio operator's license. You got to get one through the federal government. And I go out there and in case something happens, I can try to ring somebody up on this thing with my fucking call sign, which is and really kind of great. So I got my Argo Frontier. It's going to be day out with this thing. I'm going to look for treasure. I got some leads. I'm always looking for the lost Apache tribe that's up here in Michigan. Honest to God. It's a lost Apache tribe or a hidden Apache tribe. And what I've heard is that they came from out west when they were really being persecuted, the Indians, the Apaches. They came, went from the west, and they moved all the way to the east because Michigan was all goddamn woods. And it kind of still is. Two-thirds of Michigan is just rivers and streams and woods and one tree after another, muck and mire and, and fucking sand dunes and quicksand. It's the greatest place if you've got a really active mind like I do. So I heard that there is an Apache tribe up here that's been up here since they fucking were scared out of being out west. They were being persecuted. They moved here. And if I could find this tribe, traces of it, and I think I've seen fire at night, I could be worth a fucking fortune. I could get in all the periodicals. I could be in all the magazines. I could be on the news. People would say, these fuckers don't even speak English. They still speak their, speak their native Apache language. And he's found these fuckers completely hidden in a deep remote area in Michigan. That would be it. My ship had come in. I'd be rolling in cash. I wouldn't have to worry every fucking day about what you're going to do, how you're going to eat, how you're going to live, other things like that. It would come in the ship. Then I think, well, if I don't find them, I'm going to cross, come across leather fucking bags, handmade leather bags filled with gold, gold that were broken out, hammered out of the white man's fucking mouth by Apache Indians. It's going to be a bag of gold. I don't care whose mouth they came out of. It's going to be, it goes by the ounce. It's going to be a bag of gold and I'm going to really fucking score with this bag of fucking gold. And I'm going to take it to some place. They're going to weigh it, and it's going to, they're going to say, "Yeah, yeah, well, you've got hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of gold here. It's incredible. Was it two, three thousand dollars an ounce? Not two thousand dollars an ounce." And I think that's going to happen to me, or I think I'm going to come across a foundation, and I'm going to see this foundation, an old rock foundation, early settlers, and they buried their fucking money somewhere around the foundation, and I'm going to come across this foundation, and I'm going to find this fucking gold. I'm going to unearth it, a big tin, a big box. It's going to be filled with gold and jewelry and maybe an early version of a dildo. I mean, what else could bitches do out in the woods other than dildo themselves out? Uh, it's going to be something worth something, and I'm going to be again. I'm going to be a rich man. I'm going to be fucking 
I'm going to be lifted from the ground by all the good things by invisible hands and, and I'll hear music and shit and I've, I finally scored. The money's come in and I'm, yay, I'm clapping and being uh, all kinds of people that I don't see. I hear them applauding me and waving and, uh, and I see them and they appear and it's all gone. Something like that's going to happen to me. I figure on the Argo frontier. I'm going to find something like that. I'm going to find an ancient arrowhead that's now fossilized in one of the fucking trees that's been there since maybe, I don't know when, 1500, 1400, 1450. It's fossilized in the tree. They're worth a fortune. I'm going to find that. And that fucking thing is going to bring me $25,000 at a goddamn auction. I'm going to find an ivory-billed woodpecker. There's a reward for one for $50,000 that they think is extinct, but they also have a hunch that maybe it's not extinct. I'm going to hit on one of these fucking things, and it's easy street for your correspondent, Norm Augustinus. My ships come in. All I have to do is now is just fucking drink and fucking drink and smoke and shit until I die. I'm going to find something. That's how optimistic I am. Something like that's going to happen. So, I load up the Argo Frontier, I got all my supplies, I fire it up, I got my cape on, I got a dube in my mouth, I got my Glock, and I got my other mystery gun, it's this little square, it's like a perfect square, just unfold it, it turns into a double barrel, it's only, you have to load the two shots in each time, and I could blow somebody away with that, I am a very attractive man, and I've always been, had this problem, I've never been aware of how attractive I am, and what it is that draws me to women. That's why it's so valuable to listen to me as I do this recording, because eventually I'll be in the ground, half my coffin will be filled or more with a seepage from dead bitches all around me that are trying to extract whatever remaining value that I have, whatever her juices, whatever her bacteria is, extracting whatever remaining anything that has value. That's what the woman rots and all the juices go in your box and they eat you up too, and you lose in the end again. I got my fucking gun, I've got everything I need, and my cape. Well, as I load up and I get into the Argo Frontier, which is just a beautiful piece of machinery now, thanks to me. If I had a full tool equipment, if I had a full supplies, if I had a lathe, I had a mill, I had all kinds of other equipment, grinders and things like that, I could keep this fucking thing going forever. That's the kind of ability I have mechanically with, with mechanical things, with ideas and things like that could keep it going forever. That's the beauty of mechanics. Unlike people, you can't really keep them going forever. Their ideas change, their body changes, their size changes, their teeth go. It's just nothing you can really fix. Everybody is in a different state of decay. I always like laughing at what young women who seem to flaunt their fucking youth around like it's not, like it's going to last forever. They don't seem to realize they have the youth to produce a kid. No kid? Then you get fucking ugly, and as you're ugly and fat and old, nobody loves you anymore. There's no one there to love you. It's kind of kind of jokes on them. So I get in the Argo Frontier. I fire it up. The fucking thing runs so good, I only got to pull it one time to start this 18-horsepower engine. And I get on the Argo Frontier, and I start going down my property, the one acre that I have really trimmed short, so that I can take off uh, with my ultralight aircraft. I use that as a landing field and a takeoff field, and eventually I'm off the area that I maintain and into the woods. The Michigan State Forest that's protected abuts or butts up to my property, and I can just drive off my property right in a thick woods 
that is protected by Michigan. It's not even woods. It's a forest. It's really amazing and dark and spooky. And I always feel like you have to be on your up and up. I take the Glock and I have a string around it and I put the Glock around my neck. It's not tight around my neck. It'll hang to about where my dick is. Because if I need it fast, I want to be able to pull it up and try to shoot or disarm or blow whatever's head off or liver shot or fucking kidney shot, whatever I have to do to take out the person the way that I would want to, to keep myself going. So as I'm driving around the woods, well, this just happened. As I'm driving around the woods, drinking and smoking dope and having fun, I usually sing aloud too. I like to sing and things like that. It's very relaxing. It's very empowering to be yourself, to be able to be what you want to be and not be what some fucking other anybody else wants you to be. I mean, a corporate environment, a workplace environment, eight, nine hours a day, they make you be something you're really not so you can bring money home to some bitch that is fucking and sucking somebody while you're at work. That sounds negative and bitter, but that's unfortunately the way it is. You don't make enough money. You don't give her the things she wants. They start wandering and they look for something else until they're sure they got the good something else, then you're fucking gone, sitting on your reclining chair and your flat panel screen, eating a fucking hoagie sandwich with your cock in your hand. And that's probably the way it should have been straight away instead of all the other shit. So as I'm driving through the woods, I come through a tiny clearing, driving through the woods. I'm looking for fucking ancient arrowheads that are still in a tree. I'm looking for foundations. I'm looking for all kinds of stuff. The ivory-billed woodpecker, places that a Comanche Indian or an Apache Indian would have buried a bag of gold. I'm looking for the actual Apache tribe that's out there. If I can come across that, I've got my camera with me. As I'm driving through the woods, I start to accelerate because the woods aren't as thick anymore. Now, I have six wheels on this Argo Frontier, six wheels and 18 horsepower. And if you push the sticks both forward, it goes pretty fast, maybe 28, 29 miles an hour. You have to pull them back to stop. And as I'm going through the woods, I open up to kind of a clear area. I hit some gravel. And as I hit the gravel, I don't have time to stop. And some fuck is standing in the river area, fly fishing, just like that. Boom. I don't even have time to stop. I tried to veer to the right. I can't veer to the right. And when I hit the fucking guy, he goes right over the Argo frontier. And as he goes over the Argo frontier, I had a doobie in my mouth, and it was a pretty big, good size one. He somehow kicks the doobie out of my fucking mouth with his foot as he goes over the Argo frontier. I mean, it was like something on a flying Luendas. These were an old fucking thing a million years ago. They could walk on tight ropes and stuff. They were a family. It was like that, like circus de soleil circus soleil it was like that somebody a highly trained acrobat was taught to in this show to kick the cigarette out of my mouth as i went over the argo frontier as i was doing 25 miles an hour or so kicks the fucking dude about which kind of upset me so i went over in point blank i stopped the fucking thing and i get out now i have to walk on rocks i've never been great on walking on rocks because my feet are extremely sensitive i don't want the bottoms of my feet to be coarse with all kinds of calluses. If they're coarse, got all kinds of calluses and bunions and shit, I won't be able to feel a chick's pussy as I massage her pussy with my foot, my right foot or my left foot. I won't be able to feel her tits as I rest my feet onto the top of her tits in front of her nipples and I move them around on her jello bags. I won't be able to feel that 
I won't be able to feel the jism leaking down my feet at all if I've got my toe crammed into her cunt. So I make sure that my feet are highly attuned. And I mean, they're like babies' feet. And I like it that way. I like them to be like babies' feet. So as I get out of the Argo Frontier, I start walking on rocks. It really hurts. And I walk up to where the dude landed. It was beautiful. He went over the fucking thing. The Argo Frontier went, went under him, and he landed behind me. Now, when I look at him, I can see straight away that this poor fucking chap, this lad, is fucking dead. His eyes are open. His mouth is open. His fly fishing rig is not far from where his hand is. He's got his fucking long waders up all the way to his waist. He's got a belt on with a canteen. Fucking guy looked like somebody I'd like to know, and it was really unfortunate that I hit him like I did. But I didn't do it on purpose in any way. I mean, it's purely a fucking accident. Now, as I'm standing there looking at him, and I'm feeling for a pulse, as you know or may not know, I spent 18 months in Vietnam. I spent two tours there. So I know when somebody's fucking dead. Now, I fucked about literally, I don't know how many inside a, a Bell Huey helicopter. I was a door gunner. Women used to fucking climb up a rope to get in to fuck us because they thought we would take them to America or could make their life better. I literally threw two, three hundred women out the other side of the helicopter, 300 feet above the ground. I know when people are fucking dead. That was after they blew me. I know when they're dead. And this fucking guy kind of was gobsmacked. He was dead. This is point blank dead as he was fly fishing. Nobody specs that. I mean, who in their wildest fucking dreams, fuckstick, would think this? I'm going to go fly fishing today, and I'm going to go fly fishing in the river in this beautiful area I found in upper northern Michigan woods. I'm going to find something, big fish, I'm sure it's not been fished. And I'm also going to be killed by a fucking naked dude wearing a cape who's smoking dope. I think I'm going to be killed like that. Nobody would ever think that. It's not possible. It doesn't figure into anything. So as I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking this. I bet that fucker would float if I tightened his belt down. He had a belt on. If I took the belt off of him and I put him outside his waders, which were at his waist, they were held together with string, and tighten that belt down, I bet that he'd fucking float down that river for 25 or 30 fucking miles, all the way to the Asable River. He'd just keep on fucking floating. Nobody would ever connect him to me. they think he fell. He was fucking fly fishing. He fell. No one would know it. By the time he got to anywhere, half the fucking sturgeons, the pikes, the would just have tore him the shreds. That's what they do. They're vicious. And that's what I figure I'm going to do. And as I'm sitting there thinking how bad I have to take off his belt, because I don't want to go, I don't want to go to prison for killing a guy who was fucking fly fishing. I mean, nobody would. That would kind of hamper my style. That would kind of stop everything that I do. Anything that I do would be over. I'll be a dude in prison and an old cliche, a good-looking guy in prison. You know the rest of that. I don't have to say that. It's just too fucking cliche. I don't want to go into that. But as I'm sitting there looking at him, thinking about his belt and how I could tie it around his waist so he'd float down the river, I hear somebody screaming. I hear them screaming, and I hear water. And as I look to the other side, I see a bitch running towards me, doing all the screaming and running. She's got a fishing pole in her hand. And now I realize what's going on here. She came with him. They're in the woods. She's got him isolated. She's reprogramming him. 
They're probably in some tent somewhere, and she's blowing one pussy fart after another, which looks like hypnotic gas. It can hypnotize you, blank you out, make you open the hypnotic suggestions, hypnosis. She's in some tent blowing one pussy fart after another, telling him what he'll do with regards to her, future plans, money, finances, 401k, savings, stocks, bonds, Tesla stock, all of it. She's filling him up with this shit, and she needs him isolated, and all that shit stopped. She's running towards me like she's out of her fucking mind. And I like the way she's running towards me because it looks like she's being faithful to him. She's doing everything she's supposed to do. She's faithful. She's running to his side. She's a loving female. She's going to his side. She's going to help him. She's going to report me. She's going to be a bereaved widow or a bereaved girlfriend for six months to a year and find a reason to take her out of society while she sleeps in a fetal position in her fucking bedroom that's got the, the balcony or the, the thing over the top of her bed. What do they call it? A over the top of the bed that chicks like to do four poster and there's a thing over the top she's thinking about all that shit I'm, I'm thinking about that when she comes up to me she throws her fucking fly fishing pole to the ground that in itself is sort of a joke it's not that women can't fly fish it's just the fact that they fucking don't fly fish i mean i've never seen no bitch out anywhere fly fishing they're not gonna throw fly back and forth some kind of handmade, hand-tied fucking fly. Are they going to do any of that? I don't really think so. She's probably doing it so she can control him. He thinks, what a team player. She's a lovely lass. Isn't this amazing? Fuck for a fortnight. It's unbelievable. I'm gobsmacked. I found some bitch like this. It, oh, my life is over. She's done everything she needs to do. Now it's all stopped. Now it's back down the fucking ground zero. She's got to start all over with her fucking 100-step method of completely destroying a man's mind to get him. She comes up to me and she says, what did you do? And I said, I'm sorry. I'm playing the same game she is. She's a bereaved widow, the bereaved girlfriend. I'm playing the some, same fucking thing, except I'm standing there with bare feet, no underwear on, and a cape. I look not really 100% authentic, I guess, as a human being. That's the prime delivery truck driver. I'm not going to go to the door. She blew me about, I don't know, four weeks ago. It was a good, really good. Hang on a second. I think I got to, I tape recorded the part where she was blowing me. I used a digital recorder. Let me, let me play that for you. Let me find it and play it for you. I got it. <clears throat> It's nice to get blown by a prime delivery truck driver, especially if, especially if it's a female. You know what I say about prime? The, the word R I M E which is in the word prime, rim me is in the word prime. And uh, all the chicks driving for prime, the drivers, delivery drivers, they're all super horny. They're in their truck. It says rim me on the side. She blew me real good. I mean, uh, you just heard it. You tell me. Oh, where was I? Let's continue on. I said, I'm sorry, miss. I was going through the woods. They came out of the woods. You're there, stature, this man, and I ran him over. Your boyfriend, your, your husband, I'm sorry. It wasn't on purpose. It was an accident. She said, are you 
kidding me? She runs up to him. I don't remember what his name was. She said it a bunch of times. You ever have that thing happen to you? You're in an accident, and you're like, your mind is in slow motion, and some sections of what went on, you kind of don't remember. You don't know why. I think I've read it some kind of protection for your mind so that if something happens bad, your mind slows everything down so you don't take it at such a force, such a speed that it has lasting fucking repercussions in your brain and can disable you, can take you offline. So we start talking, and I'm using my Norm Augustinus charm that I was born with. In no way is it manipulative or a con. I just am. I'm that way to most people or people that I know always. It's always easier. I don't want them liking me or disliking me straight away. It's just easier to leave a wake of goodness behind you. Get the fuck out of there with their big pocket of cum and their cunt. Come all over the tits. Get out of there and leave with a good wake behind you and move on to the next thing. She starts crying. She runs up to him. I don't know what she told me his name. I just say, how about Glenn? She tells me his name. She runs up to Glenn. She starts slapping his face. She starts pounding on his chest. The guy is clearly dead. He looked like Christopher Reeve when Christopher Reeve sat in a wheelchair. This fucking guy that played Superman. White as a sheet. All his skin was shiny as shit. His eyes were open. I mean, that's how fast this fucker left the planet, went somewhere else. That can't be a good indication of what he had with her. He just looked like he was easy to bug out of the fucking area. His corpse looked beyond vacant that quick so we start talking and i said i got a i got a ham radio here i can call for help and get somebody out here and she says you have a ham radio i said yeah she said when i went running i lost the cell phone that i had with me i don't know where it is i said does he have a cell phone she said he had one but it's probably not with him now when you hit him with the with your fucking quad or whatever it's not a quad a quad is a four wheel this is fucking six wheels six balloon tires with giant fins built into the tires which allows me to drive through fucking anything muck mire quicksand swamps lakes rivers streams it doesn't matter i love it that's why i love this thing because it allows me to do anything that my mind wants to do which is so good for your goddamn mind to be freed up she said he had one and I felt around for it. There wasn't one there. And as I'm feeling around for it, I go down to where his dick is and stuff, and I think maybe it fell down his waders and in his dick and things like that. As This is where it starts to get fucking weird, mofo. I mean, it gets fucking weird here, fuck stick. I hope you're prepared for it. I start checking around where his dick is. I know where dicks are because I have a dick, a big, massive, mighty oak a beaver buster, an Abraham Lincoln log splitter dangling just below my belly button. And I know what a dick is. I start massaging and feeling around where his dick is for the phone. I mean, the guy's fucking gone. He looks like he's decaying in front of me. In fact, his jaw looks like it's a gape two inches wider than it was when I hit him with the Argo Frontier. I understand all about death. It doesn't really concern me or bother me. I'm not alarmed by it. I know what happened. You hit a body with a fucking thing going 27 or 25 miles an hour. It could die, and then once it dies, the heart stops. The heart stops, they're dead. You can't do nothing about it. You have to go on. And something for you to think about in your situation. And as I'm feeling around by the dick, I look up at his this woman, who isn't bad looking, by the way, She's got waders on, too. The only thing that bothers me about the waders is this. Water turns a chick on. Running water makes him want to piss. When they have to piss sometimes, and they have to hold it too long, they start to get turned on. 
Because the body says, why are you holding the piss? Are you in a situation that you could fuck? And then the cunt turns on. Because that's all a woman is. They just want a dick and more dick and nonstop dick. Truckloads and trainloads and cargo planes full of dick. That's all they want. She holds the piss too long. The water, the running water of the stream makes her get fucking have to take a leak. The pussy turns on. And I know that if she takes those waders off, it's going to stink because it's all trapped in there with rubber coating her torso around her waist and all that fish smell, all that beaver odor, that action, the scent coming from that snatch and that asshole, that bunghole, it's going to be bad. It's just the way it is. That's, I mean, that's life. So as I'm feeling around by the guy's fuck stick, I start to feel around. I look up at her because I want to look like I'm doing everything I can to help her old man. I'm feeling around for it. As I look at her, I see this funny look come over her fucking face. And I've seen the look a thousand times. The look of, she's getting turned on. Now she's getting turned on by him being dead and me playing with his dick. I mean, it's everything that a woman could ever hope for. I never realized it. It's everything. I'm feeling around for his cheap-ass Android or whatever the fuck he's got there. I don't even think there's a cell phone there. It's usually really low connection. It's in kind of in a ravine area. As I'm feeling around for it, this fucking bizarre look comes over her face. Like this crooked half smile. And her eyes look like they're super dilated. Like a vampire has come into the proximity of a 14-year-old big-titted bitch. And he wants to drink up all her fucking blood. That's what her look feels like. And I know that I'm reading it right because I start to feel my 15.5 pounds of dick start to grow. I can feel it and I think this would be really bad. I got no underwear on. It was one thing having my dick there soft and as they call it placid in the condition of that. It's another thing if I suddenly have 15.5 pounds of meat, my 14 inch fucking, my cum cannoli going straight up my fucking chest between my tits and that's where it goes. I got such chest hair. That if my dick goes up there, I've had the dickhead get kind of ensnarled, entangled in my chest hair around my fucking chest area. The dick is up there knotted up and I can't, it hurts if the dick goes soft because it now starts to stretch on my cock as it's going soft. I can see that she's turned on. I can see something that about his dead body. You know, if you ever want to get fucked, this is going to sound creepy or not. You go to a funeral. There's always some bereaved bitch there that's turned on. What turns a woman on more than horror, a horror movie? Nothing. And what is a funeral? It's horror. There's a dead person there. There's living people around her. And they feel they should celebrate by getting dick, by getting pussy, because there's death up there in the fucking long fucking clock bar box, a coffin, whatever it is. And they get turned on. It's the same kind of condition that's happening here. I'm like a guy playing with his dick. And she's watching as a voyeur. It's sort of a turn-on. She's free of this imbecile. She knows some of his fucking passcodes, some of his bank codes. He's got a couple of signed checks in advance. She knows where they are. She's starting to get turned on. There's some amount of money, money, the sniff of money. She can see me playing with his dick. It's like two homos. She'd like to watch two men play with her dick. She's turned on by that. It's a fantasy come fucking true. And I can see it in her goddamn face. Now, her tits, which were kind of hanging, 
I think must have filled up with all kinds of goddamn blood because she was getting sexually aroused, and her tits came up a little bit, and her nipples were like an inch fucking long as she watched me looking for this phone. When I stopped looking for the phone, you never see nothing like it. I stop looking for the phone. I start to stand up. She can see that my dick is growing, this monster dick. <laughs> it's not a cliche. It's not a joke. It's not meant to be a joke. This isn't a fucking stage show, fuckstick. As she sees my dick, my dick has started to grow, and it's fucking halfway up my chest, and she wants that dick. She can't do nothing with a dead man over there, and by far and guaranteed, I can tell you this for sure, most assuredly, he didn't have the dick your correspondent has, Norm Augustinus. He had a dick, he did, yeah, he, they fucked and all that, but it ain't the fucking she could get from my dick is like a rototiller, a small rototiller that I'd hold between her legs and grind her fucking garden out, grind her cunt out. That's the fucking she'd get from me, and she knows this. This is the fucking she would want. As I stand up, the dick is out. I can't help it. I could see the look of fuck in her eyes. I could smell her pussy. She had to loosen up the belt around her waders, and she let some of that stench out. And that stench is specially designed to turn the fuck on a man, like me, like you. Maybe not like you. I don't know. Maybe, but certainly like me. It fucking was leaking out when she left it out. She saw my dick. She saw the dead guy there. She can't use him now. now. She can't revive him anymore. That issue was dead. But there's the new dick conveniently in front of her. It's the same fucking phenomena that happens every time. A bitch will not leave a man until she has another man in the back shadows, in the background. He's ready to move in. He's the fucking understudy. They always have an understudy when you're with a bitch. Her fucking guy is dead, and now the understudy just walked in, and that's your correspondent. Big, donged Norm Augustinus. 15.5 pounds of dick in action, and it's halfway up my goddamn chest. She loosens up her waders, and the stink comes out. I can smell she's heavily fucking turned on. Her mouth is open now. Whenever a bitch is turned on, the mouth will open up. It serves two purposes. One is to get more air, and the other one is to turn you on. It's sexually more appealing. Both of those actions, they're not really aware of. It's a subconscious action dictated by their womb, dictated by their uterus, the eggs and all that, that so desperately want to meet up with cum drops. That's what it is. It's 100% that. Only stand up. I'm up now. I can see she's turned on. Her old man's dead to the right of us. There he is. He's just fucking laying there. I mean, he's goddamn dead. She takes her shirt off. There's no more fucking thing about her boyfriend. There's no more woes or worry or sadness. I mean, I didn't really fucking care two seconds after, other than the fact, does he got any money in his wallet? It's I could see that she was beyond, she was just gone. She takes off her top straight away. And she's got this bra on. I, I've never come across a chick that would wear this. I've heard of them, I think. I've never seen one. I never have a bra on a bitch long anyways. I don't care. I rip them off from the back. I put broomstick handles behind them. And I just keep fucking turning the bra and turning it and turning it. It's like a rubber band. You let them go. And they'll hover around your living room. And then when it runs out of steam, when the rubber band bra runs out, they land on top of you. Usually their mouth's on your dick or their tits land on top of you. When they hit you, it's such impact that pussy juice splashes all over. It's a lot of fucking fun. She takes her shirt off. 
She drops her goddamn waiters. The bra has the area where the areolas are. Now, her areolas are pink. You know what that means? It means something very fucking rare, something very valuable that you don't find in this country, in America, very often. Pink areolas, pink nipples means this sow doesn't have a fucking kid. Nothing. It, she hasn't been stretched out down there. A fucking kid hasn't kicked out her ovaries when he was inside of her. Hasn't kicked out her fucking womb. Hasn't kicked out banged up her fucking cervix. Hasn't kicked out her fucking sugar walls. Hasn't kicked out her clit, her vulva, anything like that. It hasn't kicked it the fuck out as it was coming out. That's what they do. They damage everything inside a woman's pussy until the kid comes out. Did you know that a woman has a period for like fucking months after her baby? Did you know that half the women that have babies, babies today, they'll take the fucking placenta and they'll fry it up. They'll put it into something. They'll grind it up. They'll put it in the food. They'll eat the fucking placenta. Did you know that? They bleed for months after. They can't hold their piss. They got to wear a diaper. Think about that. These are just things to think about. Pink areolas. When I see the areolas, when she drops her fucking rubber waders, I can smell an enormous stench coming from her vagina. I don't know how long she was turned on. Maybe she was turned on in the water, thinking about the fucking she was going to get that night by the dead guy in my right. He looks like a fucking prop. He's so goddamn dead. It looks almost fake. Maybe she was thinking about the fucking she was going to get, the sexual beating she was getting from him, and she was turned on, thinking, I got to stand out here and fish till I take a fucking dick for 10 hours. I guess it's worth it. Let me see fish and dick 10 hours, or no fish and get no dick for 10 hours. I don't know what it was, but she was highly turned on. Now, when she was turned on, I go over to my fucking Argo Frontier. Remember, I ain't got any panties on. I just got my dick out. Now it's full force because I know I'm experienced that she wants my dick. This dead guy's turned us the fuck on. It's amazing. His fucking knees are slightly bent and are spread his legs. It looked like he was going to get blown, too. It was just a bizarre, interesting fucking picture or portrait. I go to the Argo Frontier, I take out my doobies, I got some pre-rolls in there, I light one up, and I come over to her and drag on it heavily, and then give her the doobie, but she says no. She tells me this, I want you to hotbox me. I want you to hotbox me. And I knew she was all in. I want you to hotbox me? Who the fuck says something like that? You know what hotboxing is? It's when you hold the fucking, the marijuana cigarette, the, the lid end in your mouth, and you blow, and it blows the smoke out the other end of the marijuana, the, the joint, the doobie, out the fucking end of the marijuana cigarette, and into her mouth, she can breathe it in. And when I'm doing that, she clutches onto my balls and starts massaging them and stroking my cock. I don't play around with that situation. I got all kinds of fucking weed. I got all kinds of fucking booze. I got bricks of weed at fucking home. I'm not going to play around and care about a doobie cigarette or whatever it is. I take her by the haunches, and she had some beautiful haunches. I take her by the haunches, and I bend her over her dead fucking boyfriend's... This is what turned her on. I bend her over and lay her atop him, and her ass is in the air, and I proceed to fuck out her fucking beaver with my cum cannoli. And I, I'm so skilled at this, I go from the beaver... And I go from the brown eye, the stink star. I can just take my hips, pull out, jam the stink star. Take my hips, pull out, jam the beaver. Take my hips, pull out, jam the fucking stink star. Then jam the beaver. Then jam the stink star. Then jam the beaver. Then jam the stink star. Then I flip them the fuck over 
and with my final load, I blow it right between their tits. Now, I can ricochet off their fucking tits right between that seam, that cavern, that canyon between their tits. I can ricochet my cum off that. That's the experience I have, and you should have. And I can blast it off that area and into their face. And my pile, my load is such that their entire face is covered in fucking cum. And that's what I did here. I gave her a speed fuck, flipped her over on top of her dead boyfriend as he was there with his mouth agape, his legs spread. And it looked like, say, a Hollywood prop guy was in in town. And he put on special plaster, special acrylic or a latex mask on this fucking thing, on her face, so that we can make a copy of it for a latex or a rubber mask for a fucking horror movie or something like that. That's how much cum I blew onto her face while we were fucking. Now, I've never fucked on top of a dead person, and maybe you haven't either, but it did something. It added something in this situation. Running him over the whole ordeal, it should have been bad, it should have been dark, it should have been hopeless, it should have been police and helicopters, but it wasn't that way. Why? Because my mindset was right. Why? Because her mindset was right. We were constantly in the ribbon, being positive and positive and more positive, and only good things could happen out of that outcome. We denied the right outcome, the expected outcome. We denied it, and we blocked it, and we made it the outcome we wanted it to be. I mean, I've never seen nothing like it. You know that when I came, I looked over at her dead boyfriend. His mouth was even open wider, and one eye was partially open. I don't know if subconsciously he had still some life in him, if his subconscious, his brain was still alive. He looked like he sort of watched me fuck his old lady. The old lady that he thought was going to put a lot of time and effort and was the right one for him, but only took for him to die for her to get fucked really hard. When I flipped her off of his body, she was undulating. She was vibrating. I mean, she took a heavy pounding by a giant fucking beam, a massive fucking stump from a master, a guy who can control it. She took this big pounding. Now, my dick is such that I don't have to put much effort into the clitoris rubbing around a clit like a little fucking fruit, like a little fruity broken boy rubbing a tiny thing trying to find it. Fuck that shit. My cock is such that it's so wide that I hit the clit every goddamn time from the width alone. She came and came and came. She had an asshole orgasm. She had a cunt orgasm. Her tits climaxed. They had to have. I mean, the nipples grew even more. The cum that hit her face and the moan she let out was something that I've never fucking heard. I never thought that was going to happen on that day. I never thought that was going to happen. I didn't think it was possible. I'm looking for a bag of fucking gold teeth and an old Indian leather bag, some wampum bag. I'm looking for a fucking beat-up goddamn old expired fucking woodpecker. Who cares about him? I'm looking for an Apache tribe. I'm looking for Indian arrows. arrows. What I found was the real gold, was the real gem, the real fucking prize, the prize of all prizes. It was amazing, beyond amazing. That night we slept inside a tree, and she sucked and we fucked, and she. it was an amazing, amazing thing. When I went back to my house, she could barely walk. She looked like some old bag of shit. Weighs about 250. She didn't weigh that. She was thin. It's fucking like the, her lower vertebrae connect, her lower vertebrae connecting to her fucking pelvic bone. They had all collapsed. That's how she walked. Her knuckles were almost hitting the ground from the fucking that I gave her. We slept inside a tree. 
You know, when I sleep in a tree, a big tree that's hollowed out, I always have helium with me in a balloon. I fill a balloon up with helium. I let it go inside the tree. And as it rises, anything living in there runs out the top of the tree, just just leaves, vacates the tree out of fear. We slept inside a tree after I did that. It was safe. I mean, nothing could have just topped this ending. I guess so. Another chick could have come up with a strap-on dildo and start fucking me from the rear while I was fucking her on top the corpse of her dead fucking boyfriend. Let me just light this. And that could have happened. And maybe another chick got in the back of her with another dildo and start fucking her. That might have been even better. I'm not sure. But, you know, you take what you get in the situation that you're fucking given. You've been listening to the one and only... My dick is enormous. There is no escape. We made it to Big Clock in cyberspace. It's dark out there in cyberspace. It's scary out there in cyberspace. You're out there in cyberspace. You're frozen with fear. You don't know what to do. You're looking up, you're looking down, you're looking to the right, you're looking to the left. It's windy out. You don't know what to do. You're frozen. Till eventually and quite abruptly, you hear this distant chiming clock in the background. And you follow the chiming clock until it gets louder and louder and louder. Eventually bringing you upon this brightly illuminated place in cyberspace. There's thousands of people there. They're holding hands. They're smiling. They've been waiting for you. There's that thing that brought you to this place in the first place. It's a tower. A hundred, hundred and fifty feet tall. Brown bricks, tan mortar. Way at the top of this tower is a glass bezel. It's a clock. It's backlit. And above this is this chimey bell-like thing that brought you to this place in the first place. And you know why you're at this place in the first place. You're here to clear out your pains, your frustrations, your aches, your woes, your disappointments, your hurts, the person that died on you, the ramen noodles, you're sick of eating, the credit cards you can't pay off, the apartment you can't pay for, the house you think you'll maybe never own, the bitch who left you, the guy who left you. You're here to clear all those pains and frustrations out. And how do we do that? Well, the moment you heard my voice, you were instantly and automatically filled up with this highly absorbent orange-colored solution. It's been inside your body, sloshing about this entire recording. And now, at the end of this recording, we lie you gently down, we pop the corks in your toes, and all of that highly absorbent orange-colored solution comes gushing out of your body. Look at it. It's forming a small mini lake alongside you. It's orange colored. It's rusty. It stinks. It's toxic. We shake your feet getting out the last drops of highly absorbent orange colored solution and replace the corks in your toes. You can't believe how good you feel. You feel like you could go on another second, another minute, another day, another hour, another year, maybe infinitely. 
It doesn't matter that a friend of yours is making $250,000 a year and lives in a $700,000 house. It doesn't matter that another friend of yours has got the best-looking bitch you've ever seen or another friend of yours has the best-looking dude you've ever seen. None of that shit matters. All that matters is how good you feel right now. You know you can feel this good anytime you want to, anytime you're in duress, anytime you feel like you can't go on another second. All you gotta do is think of the big chiming clock in cyberspace where you meet your pal, your friend, Norm Augustinus, and instantly and almost automatically you feel refreshed and clear. You know the best part of this recording, the most important part of this recording, at least to me, is that for one hour, we were friends. Friend, I enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Write me, normaugustinus at gmail.com. Tune in again for another exciting episode from the amazing mind of Norm Augustinus. Dear Andrea, would you like to invest in my new product? I am manufacturing a new type of dildo. When one of my new huge dildos is used by a woman to pump off her hungry fuckhole, the dildo will also simultaneously suck up and store her vaginal juices. The vaginal juices are stored inside small tanks that are inside the gigantic dildo. Why do I want to store vaginal juices inside a rubber dildo that looks just like a massive human schlong? Andrea, vaginal juices are deadly toxic. Any scientist or emergency room doctor can tell you that. When the dildo is firmly squeezed, the woman's vaginal juices stored inside the dildo will be pumped out of the dildo and the juices will be squirted up and out of a tiny hole built into the dickhead of the dildo. Andrea, my dildo is a pleasure stick and a personal protection device for a female. If a woman is suddenly attacked by a pussy-hungry man, a woman can remove the dildo from her Jeep cup holder and then point her enormous dildo at him and then squeeze the dildo. They're fermenting, bubbling vaginal juices inside the holding tanks. Inside the dildo will shoot out of the dildo and the vaginal juices forward slash lubricant will dissolve the horny man's eyeballs and he will never see again. Andrea, the evil man that wanted gash galore is blind forever. He will never see a woman's pussy, asshole, or tits ever again. And he will also never forget the stench of the rancid pussy juices that were shot out of my amazing 14-inch long dildo. Additionally, my dildo doesn't need batteries. And as long as a woman's cunt drips vaginal juices, the dildo will be handy and very useful for a very long time. The dildo exterior skin, holding tanks, 
pumping mechanism, and internal seals will never rot. Andrea, can you loan me $50,000? I will pay you back plus interest when the profits start to come in from the sales of my extraordinary self-defense pussy juice dildo. Write me back ASAP. Love, Norman. P.S. I bumped into your big-titted little sister at the gas station. We got to talking, and before I knew what was happening, your big-titted little sister lowered the back seat passenger window of her Jeep, and she took off her pants and panties, and she put her exciting ass out the window. I unzipped my pants zipper, and I inserted my nutty, big, veiny, pulsating cock into her tight, wet cunt, and I fucked it while I was holding on to the gasoline filling hose. Everyone at the gas station believed I was filling her gas tank with gasoline. But in reality, I was filling her juicy fuckhole with gobs of my creationary cream. Welcome to the MaxiPad gas station chain. We are in 32 states and welcome you while you fill your gas tank. We sell K2, Spice, Barely Legal, and Black Mamba synthetic cannabinoids. We also sell Feminine Hygiene Spray and Julie the Morning After Pill. Additionally, we sell Fresh Panties, Hash Pipes, Rolling Papers, and Magnum XL Ribbed Rubbers. We also sell Adult Diapers in case your asshole has been reamed up by an all-night fuck session. Thank you, and have a nice day. Would the driver standing by pump four please stop fucking? Oh. When you're walking down the halls and your balls hit the walls, it's a rupture.